0: Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, a serial entrepreneur compares D.C. to Silicon Valley. D.C. is a great place to build a company. Here,
1: when you build your team, it's easier to hold on to them and to execute and not have to worry about them jumping ship to, oh, I heard this blockchain thing, maybe I'll go do that or whatever the new buzz thing is. You don't have that same churn and uh, competition for talent that you do
0: elsewhere. Entrepreneurship in the greater Washington region isn't just about national security or proximity to government. It's about people starting technology companies and getting things done. Our next guest, Rick Fleischer, COO of Upside Door, has done multiple startups in different areas, all in this region's economy and ecosystem. Rick, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, this is, I think, by my count, your eighth startup? I had eight prior to this, actually. Okay, so so now we're on number nine. So. So tell us about Upside Door. What's this new startup about? It's basically a um, home selling service, a very
1: simple way to sell a home that allows folks that are wanting to list their home to save a lot of money. We handle everything soup to nuts professionally that allows them to uh, transact on their home, uh, just like a high-end concierge realtor would do, but for 1%. So we allow them to save a significant amount of money. Uh, And in doing so, the amount of money that people save is maybe equivalent to two years at a public university or the expense of a large kitchen remodel or the price of a luxury car. The amount of money that people spend when they transact on their house is one of the most expensive professional fees they have um, in their life. Um, uh, Selling a home is, is, is typically very expensive. And there's really no need for it to be that expensive.
0: And there's a big market opportunity. There's a lot of real estate condominiums, single-family homes here in the region. It's a great market to start a business. Yes. Speaking of starting businesses, I've known you for quite a long time now, Rick. And what strikes me about you as an entrepreneur is you tend to start businesses around a moment where something just pisses you off. (laughs) (laughs) I think about urgently and how you started that one based upon having a home uh, repair that suddenly had to happen. And some of the other businesses, why... Upside door. What what prompted you to turn your energy to this problem?
1: Well, um, I had been working on an urgently, as you mentioned, which I which I started because the dishwasher broke in my house, and now that company is doing phenomenally well and is solely focused on roadside assistance versus all kinds of urgent services. But they're doing quite well, and now I'm just a happy shareholder. And uh, when I decided to uh, to move on and look at other things, I thought, well, maybe I'll start a new thing. I'll just do some angel investing. Um, I wasn't sure. And as soon as word got out, um, somebody, an entrepreneur contacted me and basically did the huck fin. Hey, let's whitewash some fences and I've got this great idea. And initially I was just looking at it as a potential investment. But then when I saw the unit economics transactionally and how much money could be made still at 1% um, compared to what I was doing with Roadside, I thought, oh, my God, this is a huge opportunity. And we help people. The amount of savings is so significant. You feel good about what you're doing. we have saved people twenty, thirty. Most we've saved someone so far is $56,000.
0: It's a meaningful amount of money. Like I guess they get a check $56,000 or they get a check that's less than it could be. Do they smile? Are they happy? They're really happy. Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, in some cases it's that where they save a lot of money. We also save a lot of money for small, medium builders. We work with a bunch of builders that are not typically – great at sales and marketing uh, and help them sell and market their homes. They're great at building beautiful homes. Like we have one neighborhood in Vienna, it's a $14 million neighborhood that has eight luxury homes. It's gorgeous. And the gentleman builds beautiful homes, but he's maybe not as savvy in how to market the homes or sell the homes. So we do that for them as opposed to them uh, contracting with
0: a traditional broker. So where's the technology here? How does technology play into it to drive down the cost of it? That's a great point. So we have a dashboard that allows people to schedule,
1: communicate, transact, see all the documents involved, and understand what stage they are in the process. Most, most people are lay people when they think about real estate. They haven't been through it transactionally as many times, and they think, oh, I must have this type of person or that type of person to, to transact, and that's why it gets to be expensive. And that's, that's simply, simply not the case. Uh, an analogy might be Uh, everybody knows about different marketplaces. Let's, in in tech geek speak, like eBay is a marketplace. And to create trust between a buyer and seller, you have PayPal. Mm -hmm. So we believe as a company that residential real estate commissions will go to zero in 10 years' time, zero. In that case, how will people transact? So we've built this uh, transactional system that builds trust and rapport between a buyer and a seller, And everything happens on that platform.
0: In effect, you're creating a marketplace like an eBay with all the buying and selling tools so somebody can get things done.
1: Um, We
0: augment existing
1: marketplaces like the MRS uh, system or uh, Zillow. We, you know, they are the marketplace. People can see homes there, but they don't transact. We're the transactional layer. Uh, And um, so that's the technology. We've been very supply side and sell side focused. We do have a buy side, but... um, it's not uh, it's not a main focus of ours.
0: So it's a technology business, it's a marketplace or marketplace add-in. A lot of people would say, oh, that's the type of business you should be starting in Silicon Valley or in New York. Why are, you, why are you doing your businesses here? You know, I
1: don't want to sound like a broken record. I get this question a lot being an entrepreneur locally, and what I say is D.C. is a great place to build a company. You've got lots of smart people, and the competition for talent is not that stiff. If you're starting a company in the Valley— and startups are hard. It's, it's manic. It's an up and down ride. When things are sort of either sideways or down, they'll see another shiny object and they'll leave. Or they'll go, hmm, this isn't what I expected. They'd get a bigger offer from Google or Facebook. Here, when you build your team, it's easier to hold on to them and to execute and not have to worry about them jumping ship to, oh, I heard this blockchain thing. Maybe I'll go do that. Or whatever the new buzz thing is. You don't have that same churn and uh, competition for talent that you do elsewhere.
0: Another thing that strikes me, and I noticed you're wearing your Founders Core shirt mentorship. Talk about mentorship and how important it is for the region and your role as being a mentor and being mentored as you've grown in various businesses. So,
1: first on the the mentor side, like just yesterday, I did office hours at 1776. Um, which
0: is, uh, one of the best resource in the region for entrepreneurs.
1: And so I do an hour and a half. It's not a big commitment. It's like three half hour sessions with entrepreneurs. And it's, uh, you know, it's true when you give, just like with charity, when you give, you typically get more than you give. Mm -hmm. So I know I'm being helpful and creating momentum and doing introductions for these people, but on the other side, I get to hear about other business ideas, other business models. And my curiosity, the reason I do something different each startup is I'm just a curious person and interested in different things. And so when I do those office hours, I get to hear about ideas that I would never be doing. And I'm curious. And inevitably, I can be helpful to them on how to structure a business deal or how to raise capital. Um, But in the end, I walk away and I go, hmm. Like yesterday, I, I visited with three companies, and they were all very passionate entrepreneurs. But one of the ideas was actually pretty good. The others were not, but I, I'm not somebody's salty uncle, and I'm not there to tell them like you should go get a job. But uh,
0: yeah. so we don't have to look forward to you writing blogs that become actionable. yeah. and then on
1: <laughs> and then on the other side, you know, over time, um, you get to know people in the ecosystem, um, much like our relationship. Like if I have an idea that I'm working on, I know I can trust you to um, to be scrutinous. Um, like I have a friend, Randy DeMalke, has a financial background, also Scrutinous, um, Or uh, Mike Lincoln, who's an attorney in town at Cooley, I've used in multiple startups. There are people I can lean on in the ecosystem to say, hey, I'm working on this idea. Inevitably, they'll say what's wrong with it or what they don't like about it, or it might be interesting if you do these things. And um, it's so important to have a healthy, vibrant community. And I think there are a lot of those resources here, but I think it's not as well understood there people have more of a luminary status in the valley and i think it's harder for people to um find those folks here in the dc market
0: well the good news is they can be found places like 1776 cooley and others and hopefully this podcast give people a way to find these things rick fleischer we wish you the best and look forward to hearing of your progress and upside door your ninth startup in the dc region good luck thanks so much Hope you enjoy this podcast. Tracy Madigan, our producer, and I really enjoyed putting it together. And it's just another great example of where we're finding more and more people coming our way to share their great stories. You know, three months ago when we started this program, we knew that there were many people out in the D.C. region who had important and interesting stories to tell. We knew that. We sensed it. But what's happening now is as we head toward our 100th podcast, more and more of you are coming forward with the stories that matter to you. So don't forget to reach out to us directly on Twitter at at What's Working DC or find us through LinkedIn. But most importantly, spread the word about this show. It's having an effect. People are excited. And more importantly, we're pushing back on the notion that the only thing that happens in Washington is politics. So we'll see you next time on What's Working in Washington. Goodbye.